0: I was standing out in the parking lot here at church in the dark. I was tired, but not just tired, tired with the kind of weariness that sinks down into the marrow of your bones. It was the second Holy Week that we were marking while locked down for COVID. And I almost couldn't believe it. I, For so long, I thought that surely things will be open by Christmas. And then, no, no, really, definitely by our second Easter. And yet there we were, still with just a, a very small handful of us here, trying to worship with all of you everywhere else. And so there I was, late on Maundy Thursday, having washed my own feet, and wondering when things might begin to shift. And after we had packed away all the live stream gear and locked the door, we only had to lock one door in those days. We'd headed out, and I I stood chatting with one member of our little skeleton team out by our cars. I don't fully remember what we were talking about, but I suspect I was voicing a longing for when we could be together, really be together, when we could sing together and break bread together together. And then in the midst of my weary longing, something grabbed my attention. It it flashed through the corner of my eye and I stopped mid-sentence and looked up and saw a massive meteor sailing across the dark sky. It was simple and glorious, and completely interrupted my melancholy exhaustion. On a more cynical day, I, I might have said that it was too simple to matter. Just, just a, a cliched bit of sparkle. But in fact, it was irresistible. I remember the elation erupting out of my core. My, my glee at catching this beauty. Or perhaps more accurately, it was my glee at being caught by such a wonder. He comes as a thief in the night. In today's gospel, Jesus does not give us the sweet cozy beginning to Advent that we might want. Instead, here at the beginning of the new church year, we start with the end. Jesus speaks in this way that is both incisive and and also hazy, giving us arresting images and at the same time more and more questions. He's clear that no one No one knows when this might happen, when time will cease and God will gather the world back into God's self. We can't know it. We can't predict it. But he has some ideas of how we might begin to live with the end in mind. And honestly, much of it feels pretty grim. He describes people going about their regular lives, cooking and and gardening and simply existing when one is swept up and another is left behind. It feels at best perplexing and at worst chilling. He calls to our minds the great flood and, and with it disasters that are far beyond our ability to understand much less explain. But it's that last bit of our gospel that has refused to let me go. It's when Jesus likens God's arrival to that of a thief in the night. A thief, sneaking in, breaking in, taking what is most valuable for us. A thief, someone we would all attempt to keep out with security systems armed and doors barred and, if we're ready, our own wakeful presence pushing them away. That sounds wise with burglars. But God, what is Jesus up to here? The longer I sit with this teaching, the more it frustrates me This metaphor doesn't make sense, not for this God who Jesus shows us again and again is deeply loving. This God who provides, who wants abundant life for all of us. A thief? Really? But how? And how can this pull us more fully into the life that Jesus is calling us to? Too often passages like this one have been used to try to scare people into behaving a certain way, as if cowering and and looking over our shoulders would somehow bring us closer to God. I don't think it's that. It's not a Jesus is coming, look busy kind of teaching. He prizes authenticity way too much. For that. But that take does not miss the mark entirely. I think Jesus, the master storyteller, is indeed trying to be provocative and evocative. He tells this wild, hair raising story, knowing that it will grab our attention, make us open our eyes a little wider, and lean in to hear more clearly. He knows that most of us have had some experience with a thief. Maybe it was our own home or a friend's car. And we can remember that feeling of wishing we'd been there or been awake or or somehow been able to act. He's evoking in us that feeling of needing to stand up and watch. And with all that, Jesus is is trying to provoke us to a different way of being, a new way of watching. Long before COVID and all its upheaval, years before we knew all the, the wonder and weariness that live stream worship could contain, way back before those times, I was up at Lake Tahoe in the summertime. We, my family and I, we were visiting the Episcopal camp there where we had previously lived and worked. And we were grateful to have a week there just in the quiet after the summer camp season had ended. My daughter, Alice was almost five and Sam was still a little toddler. And while we were there we learned that one of the coming nights would be the peak of the Perseid meteor showers. The kids were young enough that sleep was still a hot commodity. (laughs) Elusive at best. And yet somehow, I'm still not entirely sure how, but somehow I decided that maybe it would still be worth it to try to catch these meteor showers. And so, on the peak night, we carried two cots down to the beach, and Alice and I went to sleep there under the stars. I'd set my alarm for 2 a.m., and we were both deeply asleep when it went off. Alice was pretty skeptical as I tried to rouse her. But eventually she agreed, and she, she crawled in with me in my sleeping bag, and we rubbed our eyes wondering if, if it would work, if, if we would see anything at all. Our eyes were slowly adjusting both to how dark it was and, and also to how much light was shining down on us, even with no moon, when we saw one shooting star streak across the sky. We both We both shrieked with delight. We waited and we watched and then saw another and another. We started counting them, but but after just a few minutes, we realized that it would be impossible to keep up. There were just too many coming right on top of each other, crisscrossing the sky. And soon we were too busy laughing in in the awe of it all to bother with counting. And we just watched and watched, soaking it all in. My hunch is that this is what Jesus is after, even as I forget it an awful lot of the time. I think he wants us to keep watch with the kind of intensity we would to prevent a thief in the night. But instead of throwing up all manner of protection and and walling ourselves off, he's inviting us to watch for the wonder and the goodness that will rain down all around us with God's arrival. He's asking us to to take that readiness, that single-minded care, and turn it towards the love that is breaking in here and now. We can't live this way all the time. Jesus knows this, and he himself didn't either. He took breaks and naps and retreats out in the wilderness by himself. And we get to also. It's not possible to stay on guard all the time, to to maintain constant vigilance. But I don't think he's asking for that. I think Jesus is inviting us to live well with the end in mind. And to practice this watchfulness, to be ready for beauty to surprise us. That night out on the beach, spending an hour or two with my eyes opened as wide as they could be. I think on that night, I learned how to see shooting stars more readily. It was as if my my brain was rewired a bit and, and I came to believe that they were really there, that I was actually seeing them. It felt like an intensive course in taking in this majesty, a a kind of preparation for quieter nights down the line, say in the middle of a pandemic, when it might be harder to see that wonder or welcome that awe. That night was a way to practice for the rest of our regular life. And this is what Advent is good for. It's a time set apart to dig in deeper and practice this watching, this looking for beauty and tethering ourselves to hope. We watch because we live in expectation. We trust that goodness is on the way, that God is arriving among us again. And so we take these four weeks to settle in and train our attention in a new way. We practice keeping watch with love and care now so that we can keep living this way, not just through Christmas, but all our days.